Dear Stranger and Friend, episode 39. That's a lot of episodes. Let's get into it. Hey everybody, it's me, your beautiful, wonderful, handsome podcast host, Paul Massbad. And uh, I just want to wish you a happy morning and a good afternoon and a swell evening. Maybe you're making dinner and it's turning out to be real tasty and you're like, dang, I need to listen to a podcast while I cook. So I picked Dear Stranger and Friend, the one podcast where I can listen to one guy and me try to be better to the people in his life. And in the case for the past couple episodes, I've been trying to be better to the people that I met on the road. And uh, this episode is very, very uh, indicative of that. Because we were in Colorado, got kind of stuck, met a lot of new people, got stuck for about a day, the stress was high, the stress level was high, and uh, Max and I were like, you know what, screw it man, we're going to try and make it to Denver uh, on time. And uh, we left that night to go to Denver, and once we made it, we found this we found this cool little tavern, this cool little bar, where we met the bartender who was so open and so welcoming, his name is Jesse, he's the guest this week. And uh, we hung out and we talked and he was like, yeah, after hours, we'll de- I'll definitely do uh, an episode of the podcast. So that's this episode. A uh, couple things about it. A couple things about this week's episode. It's very long. Uh, I, I, I thought about cutting it in half because it's almost two hours, but I decided not to and just let you guys sit with it a little bit. Another thing about 45 minutes in, it fades out, fades back in because Jesse had to run a quick errand. I cut that out. It's between me, him, and the wall and max i don't know why i said that that was weird i made it weird we talk a lot about uh the creative process our journeys you know it's really cool to talk to somebody and get to know them in this way and i had a lot of fun doing it i had a lot of fun talking to him and just learning about his art his creative process and, and the, the stuff that he's been through it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun anyway i'm gonna stop rambling so let's just get into that episode um, the way I usually start these things is how we know each other, but obviously, we literally just met. Right? Yeah. So, we know each other because uh, these two... Uh, <laughs> You're going to go with it anyway? These two handsome gentlemen rolled into my bar here, the Inglewood Tavern, Inglewood, Colorado. Yeah. Uh, what are we, December? December... Fuck, I don't know, 12th, 15th, something like that. 13th. 13th? Yeah. Inglewood, Colorado, rolled yeah. into my bar, uh, approximately uh, 12.55. Oh, you're, you're that good with the time? I'm just, dude, I'm making shit up. Yeah, that was really close to when up, we dude. came in. Yeah. No, so Paul and Max rolled into my bar, met these guys, and uh, I heard about their travels and their van, or their, yeah. uh, their bus, rather. Yeah. And uh, being a traveler myself. Uh, we we connected on that, and now we're doing this podcast right here. Holy shit. Yeah. Red light fever, man. I'm so scared. I'm so nervous are right you, now. Are you really? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> I got a little worried for a second. I was like, oh my goodness, don't be worried. We've been- you know, man. You record an album, that red light fever, it, it, it hits you, man. It's a freaky thing. No, I feel you. But the real question I really wanted to ask, what brings you here? Are you from here? Or is that... So I'm born and raised here in Inglewood, Colorado. Okay. I grew up five blocks away from the bar that we're, we're speaking in right now. Right. I went to grade school two blocks away from here. Mm-hmm. I went to middle school six blocks away from here. High school 
seven blocks away from here. Yeah. So I'm, I'm well-versed in Inglewood. Mm -hmm. I moved out to New York for a little bit right before 9-11. Right. You, you said you were there in like 94 or something? Uh, I was there in 99. Oh, okay. Is that Sorry. right? Yeah, like in, uh, for about a year and a half, I lived in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Yeah. Before it was fancy and nice. Yeah. So I, I left Inglewood College. Like basically, I, w I was tree trimming yeah. <laughs> on a Tuesday in Inglewood, Colorado. Uh -huh. Running a chainsaw, getting fucking dirty, doing yeah. all that. And Friday I was in Manhattan at a Vogue fashion shoot. Mm -hmm. That's how life went for me. Right. It was fucking bonkers, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good experience, though. Oh, it was fucking great, man. And you just pre you just said that you're you're a traveler, much like we are traveling. Yes. How many like how I mean, you said you New York, but how many other places have you been? I mean, like oh man, I'm this everywhere. Year, or? This year alone, I've gone to Tokyo. I've gone to Hong Kong. I've gone to London. Um, I've gone to Kailua, Hawaii. Oh, sweet! Uh, New York, San Francisco, Chicago, L.A., San Diego, um, mm -hmm. multiple times. So yeah, for visit, like just chilling. Yeah, just just to visit friends and hang out. Um, yeah, I'm very fortunate that my girlfriend and I. Because of her job, we get to travel quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I just spilled on myself. Ain't no worries, man. Right? I was ready to ask you something, then I, <laughs> then I messed up. One of a, um, I'm not the best podcast host, but I try. But one of the things I wanted to ask you, because I remember you mentioned you have an art studio. I wanted to talk to you about art and the creative process. So how long have you been, um, or I guess has art been a part of your life since... With, with me, uh, growing up, being a, a taller person, yeah, uh, I was kind of ingrained in sports. Okay. I was a basketball player since I was in third grade. Yeah, honestly, I was going to ask you when we first met you, we walked in, smoked, and then you stood up, and I was like, damn, can you dunk the basketball? <laughs> right. <laughs> everyone thinks on this side of the bar I'm standing up higher than they are, but yeah. you know, I'm actually six foot eight. Yeah. I've been a big guy my whole life. <laughs> There was a time when I played ball. Right. A time when I dunked on motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so you could dunk a basketball. Oh, yeah. There, there was a time when I could dunk yeah. a basketball any way you can imagine. Holy shit. Um, I wish I could do that. I'm, I'm an old dude now, so I, I can't even touch the net anymore. But oh. there was a time when I could. But how did so the art play into everything? The art thing was always in the back of my mind. It mm -hmm. was basketball first. Yeah. It was, this is what you have to do. No room for anything else. Mm -hmm. And growing up, like, through through high school, like, it's embarrassing to say now, but I don't know you guys from anyone, so I'm just yeah. going to say it, let, let it out. Yeah. When I was in high school, there was teachers I had that knew I was on the basketball team and knew that I was going to fail the test anyways. Yeah. So they made it look like to the rest of the, rest of the class that I was in trouble. Mm -hmm. You need to come sit by my desk right now. Okay. So they'd move my desk by their desk, and it looked like I was in trouble. Then they put all the answers in front of me. <laughs> oh, shit. For so, real? So I'd pass the test, and I could play the next basketball game. Oh, wow. And my last year of my senior, uh, or I'm sorry, my last game of my senior year, I broke my ankle. 
Holy smokes. So any thoughts of playing college and whatever? It just flew out the window. Didn't It didn't really necessarily fly out the window. It just, I broke my ankle. If I really wanted to play, I probably could have. Uh-huh. But by that point, I was so burnt out and just yeah done with it. Right. But the art thing has been brewing. The yeah, the whole art's time. always been always been in the back of my mind. Yeah. And I didn't have the balls to do it until I... I uh, so through my 20s, it was construction and tree work and mm-hmm. manual labor stuff. Yeah. And thank God my father told me, this shit will always be here. Go do something else. Okay. Be better for yourself. Don't, don't do what I did. So I got into sales and mortgages and mm-hmm. all that shit. And right. was a suit and tie guy and made a... For a 22, 23-year-old kid, I was making a yeah. lot of money. Yeah. Actually, 24, 25. Um, making a lot of money compared to my friends and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about it, man. It, yeah. It didn't make me happy. It didn't, didn't fulfill me. So at 30 years old, I was at the pinnacle or like the, the point, high point of making money and doing that. Yeah. And they decided they were going to squash my territory. Mm-hmm which was a bullshit way of saying they were laying me off and blah, blah, blah. Right, right. So at 30 years old, I said, I'm never going to be a number. I'm never going to be a suit and tie. I'm never going to be that guy again. I started working in bars. Mm-hmm. I started playing in rock and roll bands. And yeah. I started painting. Yeah. And I haven't looked back since. That was 10 years ago. <laughs> That's pretty smooth. So the way the whole art thing started was mm-hmm. during that time, I got laid off my job. I went through a shitty breakup with a girl that, like, ripped my heart out. Mm-hmm. I went to a bar to fucking drown my sorrows. Right. And I pulled out a bar napkin, and I kept sketching on this napkin this helmet design. Yeah. And it was the helmet from the movie Easy Rider. Yeah, yeah. 1969, yeah. Dennis Hopper, um, Peter Fonda, like, uh-huh. yeah, classic fucking... Yeah, I know, the, I know the one, yeah. I watched that movie a million times with my dad growing up because he was a biker and uh-huh. we connected over it. Yeah. So I, I already had a tattoo of the helmet mm-hmm. on my arm right there. Yeah. And decided that I was going to make a sticker of it. There it is. Thank you so much. <laughs> there you go. Lighter. So, uh... Thank you. I made a sticker of this helmet from mm-hmm. yeah. Easy Rider, just because I felt I felt invisible, man. I felt like powerless, like right, like, impotent, like nothing mattered, like uh-huh. I, anything I did didn't matter. So in my in my mind at that point, if I made this sticker, maybe someone would notice the sticker. Yeah. So I thought in my mind, if if they did notice the sticker, they would want to know what it was called. Mm-hmm. So I put an F on the sticker, mm-hmm. and the F stood for fame, F-A-I-M. Because mm-hmm. visually, I thought it looked better than F-A-M-E. Yeah. So I called it fame worldwide. Yeah. Fame to make it sound like it was famous. Mm-hmm. Worldwide to make it sound like it was everywhere. Yeah, it was, yeah. And not just me in a my little shitty apartment in Denver, Colorado, Capitol yeah. Hill. Yeah. So I went to Kinko's. I made 60 stickers on paper, and mm-hmm. I put them around the city. Yeah. And I waited. So about two weeks later, friends of mine in rock and roll bands and bartenders yeah. and, you know, 
normal right. service industry kind of fucking folks. Yeah. Yo, man, have you seen that fuck? Have you seen that sticker of your tattoo? Have you seen that? Yeah. And of course, I was like, No, man, I don't know what you're talking about. That's not yeah. me. Yeah. That gave me confidence to make 60 more stickers and put okay. them up in different neighborhoods. Yeah. And. Um, Ow. Sorry. <laughs> no worries, dude. Yeah, sorry about that. No worries. Uh, so you made 60 more stickers. 60 more stickers, started putting them in different neighborhoods. Yeah. I had different friends be like, yo, dude, have you seen that? Have you seen that sticker of your tattoos? Uh-huh. Still, don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So after about a month, my friends, like, obviously figured out it was me. Yeah, making, doing the thing. And they're yeah. like, yo, dude, give me some stickers. Give me some stickers. Yeah. So I went to Kinko's, I made, I think, 300 more stickers. And these are like on cut and peel, like, sticker paper where yeah. I, I had to cut them out with scissors. Right. You're doing it all, all yourself. Oh, yeah, dude. I still, I still had sales money at that point. Yeah. So it was like, it was funded, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my friends would go on tour with their bands or whatever, and I'd give them stickers. Mm-hmm. And within about two years, it was actually worldwide. Mm-hmm. And this is back in like the MySpace days. Yeah, old days, yeah. So friends from like Tokyo would send me a picture like, yo man, I put your sticker up on this, on this telephone pole. Yeah. Send me a picture. Yo man, we're in Africa. I put it up on this fucking, uh, the back of this Jeep. Yeah. And it, it, it got worldwide. And it was never a product or a uh-huh. clothing line. or. But it was more, I guess, I mean, if, if this is okay to say, but you're, you're talking about how it's like building your confidence because you felt like there was nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I felt invisible uh-huh. to my core, dude. I just felt like no matter what I did, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. It was nothing. This dumb little sticker that I made when yeah. I was at my lowest of lows somehow gave me confidence and validation. Yeah. And when I started seeing like photos of it appearing all over the world... It made me feel like, oh shit, you could do something. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is real. Like we can, and it, it was never a product. It was uh, never a thing. It was just an idea, and right. that got me off more than anything with it. Mm. You can you can spread an idea. Yeah. Every day, dude, we're hit with advertisement, 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 all yeah. over, all around us. Anywhere you look, yeah. And that it can just be an idea. That that blew my mind at that point. Mm. I didn't. I didn't have any, like, master plan of what I was going to do with this or what it was going to be. Yeah. And keep in mind, dude, at this point, the only art I've ever done was in third grade. I was in an art class, uh-huh. and they, they kicked me out because I wasn't drawing, like, the still life stuff. I was drawing, like, parts of letters. Okay. And comic book stuff. And they're yeah. like, that's not art. Mm-hmm. You, this isn't the right thing for you. Right. When I was in third grade, that didn't click with me because I had basketball and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Years later, now that my artwork is based on comic books and like fonts and yeah, it makes sense now. But it back didn't ma- it didn't yeah. make sense back then. I just thought I was a loser, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But through the process, is it like is it like you you found yourself? Is that a is that wrong to say or through art, the art process? You I know, mean. man. I don't know if that's right or wrong to say, but yeah. it happened. Like, I mm. found something that... from I, Basketball always felt right to me because yeah. it, it was ingrained in me. Uh-huh. This, is, this is what you do. Yeah. The first thing outside of basketball was art. Oh, wow. 
like the sales stuff and the whatever like that was just something you did to like get by because you had to do it yeah the art thing was the first thing that I like this tangible weird thing in my hands mm-hmm. that I was like whoa I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do so what was the transition like from going from that sales thing to like being like or the office <coughs> job excuse me that's all good the the office job to like oh I'm just gonna fucking make stuff Dude, not I, you know I gotta tell you man it was fucking awesome it was scary, <laughs> it was scary as hell yeah of course cause that was shit 10 years ago 11 mm-hmm. 12 years ago I was making 75 grand a year yeah the most money I'd ever made in my life right more than my parents had made like uh-huh. uh for lack of a better word I was killing it yeah and when all that went away, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go be a fucking door guy at a rock and roll club for $8 a fucking hour. Yeah. And I loved it. I fucking loved it, It was. Man. Did it feel like better, like you felt like uh, fulfilled? Yeah. Like, it, it, was, it was the greatest move I ever made, dude. Yeah. And it wasn't about money. It wasn't mm. about status. Yeah. It was who, just about what you were doing. Who wants to be a door guy? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. By the way, I was the worst door guy in fucking Colorado history because I knew everybody. It's like, oh, all right, yo, man, you can come in. Oh, yeah. you, you can come in. So at the end of the night, the band's looking for like $600, and I, like, I've got $45 ringing through the door, you know, and I'm like, sorry, dude. Yeah. And I knew the bands, too, and they're like, ah, oh, we get it. They're like, uh, okay, cool. Yeah. There were a lot of people here. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Just not uh not the best fucking job for me. So from there I lied my way into a bartending job. A new bar opened up like down the street. Yeah. And the owner of the bar I'd met one time when I was Did you say you lied your way into it? Oh yeah, dude. Totally okay. lied my way into it. A friend of mine, uh Jana, uh-huh. she she and I went out one night, both of us just Rolling blackout drunk, yeah. went into this bar on East Colfax. Uh, it was the British Bulldog at that point, and it was it was back when Denver was kind of kind of sketchy. I mean, it's Denver; it's never been that sketchy, but yeah, quasi sketchy. <laughs> and we went in there, hung out. I just I had no wasn't trying to impress anybody. wasn't trying All I wanted to do was fucking be a dickhead. Yeah, and I succeeded <laughs> and months later he's like Shauna who was your who was your buddy that fucking tall guy who who was yeah. that guy she's like oh that's my buddy Jesse has he ever bartended before and she lied for me he's like oh yeah he's bartended yeah never bartended in my life yeah so he opened up this new bar called the Continental Club on 5th and Santa Fe and uh, because she vouched for me he was like alright cool so I went in there and had no idea what I was doing and it's very obvious when you've never bartended before that <laughs> you're not a bartender. Yeah. He he saw me. He like he called my bluff and he's like, "All right, well you're here, man. Let, let me teach you what to do." So taught me how to bartend, and uh, that got me into rock and roll bands. And yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there was a band called Get Three Coffins Ready, uh, instrumental surf band. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar to like Man or Astro Man. Like, I don't mm. know if you guys are familiar with that band or not, but that was like our inspiration. Like, right. So they, they found out that I owned a theremin. Mm. 
don't know if you guys know what a theremin is. Yeah, right? it's like yeah, the... Exactly, exactly. Like the 1950s flying saucer move, like goes over. Yeah. yeah. That thing. Um, they found I owned one just because I was a dork and that's the type of shit I was into. Yeah. Like, dude, you own a theremin, you're in the band. So, oh, so that's how you got in. So that's how I started playing in rock and roll bands. And I always played a little guitar and yeah. always fucked around with singing, but never <clears throat> being in a band. Nice, man. Yeah, I didn't know that it was going to be that big. That was, uh, that was like a monumental thing I didn't you, in my mind like you, you can't just start a band you know what yeah. I mean like what the fuck and then I was in a band and that led to so many fucking crazy adventures and all based off of me just having the balls to be like yep I'm a bartender at this yeah this let me bar, do it blah, blah. yeah so the whole time the sticker's going mm-hmm. um, there was a regular that would come in he was a chef uh, his name was Zach Dunn, and uh, he would come in at like closing time, and he's like, "Dude, your artwork's so sick." Yeah. All I had was that sticker. Yeah. And I was always like drunk behind the bar. He yeah. was always drunk when he came in. I was like, "Dude, thank you. Yeah, my artwork is so sick." I, was like, I didn't have any fucking artwork. Yeah, you, know? you just had the sticker. And he said, "My boy owns a fucking gallery down the street. Uh-huh. Uh, do you want a show?" And I was just drunk enough to be like, oh, yeah, totally. I, I, yeah, I want to yeah. show. <laughs> so this was like in uh, August. Okay. And that night we talked about it. And he was like, well, when do you want to show? I said, well, my birthday, my 30th birthday is coming up in November. Uh-huh. Or 31st birthday. I can't remember. I'm probably yeah. screwing up the timeline there. And I said, yeah, fuck yeah, I want to show in November. He's like, all right, man, I got you. Yeah. He came back like a week later. He's like, yo, man, did you go talk to that gallery? He's like, what gallery? Blacked it out. Didn't even know what he was talking about. So this was, uh, what, like, like I said, August, I believe. Yeah, August. So I was like, oh, yeah, dude, I'll go talk to the gallery, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Got busy with real life, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. September came and went. Beginning of October, I go and talk to them. Yeah. And I went went to the gallery and I said, hey, man, uh, here in Denver, there's on Santa Fe, between 6 and like Colfax on Santa Fe is like the art district. Um, that's where all the galleries are. Yeah. Back in the day, it was like Southwestern, uh, turquoise. Okay. Uh, cool art, but like kind of played out shit yeah Zach's gallery the Union Gallery was like like on the on the cutting edge of like new stuff the good shit yeah so uh, I went there at the beginning of October didn't know anything about art didn't know anything about galleries didn't know yeah. anything I walked in hey how you guys doing I'm Jesse uh, Zach said I can come and have a show in November uh huh and they straight up like cool guide me no, man, we're booked. Yeah. We're booked. I was like, all right. So at that point, I took it as a challenge. Like, I don't even know what an art show is, but I, I fucking want one, you know? <laughs> so I said, when, uh, when you guys have an opening on your calendar, I want it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a fucking yeah. show. Like, all right, cool, man. Like, push me off, blew me off. And I mean, they were nice guys, but they, yeah. like, you could tell they were just cool guy. I mean, yeah. like, they, they didn't want me in there. Right. So I said, hey, just out of curiosity, 
when I do get a show here, yeah, because my sales background, I assume the sale, and was like, yeah. when I do get a show, not if, when, yeah. you know, was being a little pushy motherfucker. Yeah. Um, when I do get a show here, do you guys promote it, or do I do, like, Fame Worldwide Presents? Yeah. And they fucking, their jaws dropped, and they looked at me, and they were like, oh my God, you're Fame Worldwide? You're that, you, that sticker's you? Yeah. I said, yeah. Oh, fuck, dude, you're a show for November. <laughs> so they didn't know me by my name they knew me by my sticker by fame worldwide yeah <laughs> which I thought was it blew my mind I was like oh shit alright yeah yeah I'm gonna take a quick break cause I gotta pee real yeah bad. dude do what you gotta do but if you wanna you're the worst if you wanna take it Max you can take it I just gotta pee I'm so sorry I got nothing <laughs> I'm just here hanging out me too man me too Liddy. Dude, this is crazy. I'm spilling my guts to total strangers. I love it. That's how it is, though. I think it's kind of like what's special about Paul, you know? Because I don't know. Because Paul and I, like, he, we met at a show. He was with his best friend, at, um, his best friend and homie who was there at the time, uh, Vince. And I made this song about him. <coughs> Just like off the cuff song? Yeah, just like on the stage, like fucking around. There's no one there except for some weird people. And then I remembered it forever. And then we, like, like he told you, we saved friends. He asked me to be on this podcast. Oh, yes. Oh, if you want a shot, I'll give you a shot. No, I'm good. No, I'm totally good. (laughs) No, I'm straight on. I'm working on this. But yeah, I know. So, like, and then, like, I was like, yeah, of course, because you're like the fucking shit, you know? It's kind of an interesting thing, like, to sometimes, like, present yourself in a moment and, like, fucking attempt to preserve it. I don't know. Right. I like it, man. Especially you as a traveler. That's fucking awesome. Because, like, you totally get that. No, I just... I'm in such a, like, a fortunate position, dude. Like, we get to travel the world. Yep. Especially, yeah, because you're a missus. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. for pennies. For, like, it's embarrassing yeah. how low we get to travel the world for. And, like, first class and all that bullshit. That doesn't mean anything. But when you're in it, it feels pretty fucking nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Did I, is that stuff that's going to be cut out? or? So the fact to meet, no. to meet you guys that are, like, doing it. In the in the fucking bus, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I've been fortunate enough in my life that when I'm traveling, I meet people that have taken very good care of me. Yeah. So the least I could do is take care of you guys. Yeah, that in means so small much. Way. In the small Thank way, you. that doesn't mean shit. It means you know a lot to us. Mean? No, yeah, it means definitely so much Those to shots. us. Those shots were heavy too. <laughs> yeah. One of the, um, I'm sorry to like just switch gears. But oh no worries, th- man. But one of the things I wanted to ask you was, because um, you said you had an art studio for about three years next door, right? So, oh, no, no. I'm opening oh, a new studio next door. You're opening a new studio I next door. A, I had a gallery about 10 minutes uh, north of here okay, for three years. For three years. And it was a but, cooperative, like co-op kind of thing. But what was the process from like that show that you did, everyone knowing who you are from Fame Worldwide? All right, to, so let me, let me rewind it to that show thing. Uh, yeah. When they, when they said, "Oh, Fame Worldwide, you're a show for November." Yeah. So I'm looking at this cavernous fucking space, dude. It's yeah. giant. 
and I was like, all right, well, I can do 13 paintings. Okay. I'm a numbers weird guy. I go by yeah. threes for some reason. I yeah, can, and you just pick 13, yeah. I'm sure there's a reasoning behind that that I just don't know, but yeah. 13 was my number. I said, I'll do 13 three-by-four paintings. Yeah. So using my construction background that I wasn't too far removed from, I knew how to yeah. build, like, wooden canvases. Like, not canvas, but, like, wood. Yeah, wood, yeah. I knew what I wanted the paintings to look like. That one would have rips. I wanted, like, graphics on there, uh -huh. like, fonts. Um, a lot of my friends at that point were pinstripers. Like, they pinstripe cars and yeah. motorcycle tanks and whatever. Yeah. They used a paint called One Shot Enamel, so I was like, all right, I'll use that paint because that's what my friends use. Yeah. The rip stuff, I want to print out, like, magazines and uh, comic books and yeah. this sort of thing. I want to have my helmet in there because right. that's, that's, that's my thing. Yeah. So I made up 13 three-by-four paintings. Yeah. And at that point, I still had residual money coming in from sales, so uh -huh. I had a little backing. So I repasted their whole their whole gallery. Holy smokes! I painted murals on there. Like, I went ridiculous on it because it was my first. I didn't know any better. Yeah. I just, I just wanted it to be a spectacle. And yeah. It totally was. Yeah. So my first show out of thirteen paintings, I sold eleven. Oh wow! Congratulations. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, dude. I'm still blown away by it. Yeah. It was fucking That's, bonkers, man. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. And all of a sudden, I went from being this sticker artist guy to a painter. Uh-huh. And it was very quick, and it was awesome, and I loved it, but I didn't really know what to do with it. Yeah. So after that show, people knew me as like, oh, shit, you're not just a sticker guy, you're the painter guy now. Yeah. You're, you're two things. Yeah. As opposed to just the yeah. one. And when you're the when you're the sticker guy, all you have to do is put up stickers. Same yeah. sticker, just <laughs> mass produce it, and you're fine. When you're the painter guy, yeah, you have to paint and fucking come up with new yeah. ideas and do this, and it was awesome, dude. And so how how did painting come easy to you when you started? Like, I mean, you you made the, you wheat paste this whole thing. You just said all this shit, but like, did it, was it something where you felt like you struggled with? What was um, the creative process? It uh. It or was came, it like it came fairly easy because yeah. the style of stuff that I do is very flat. There's no shading. There's no. Yeah. I just took from my influences, um, Andy Warhol, right? Mass production, mm -hmm. repetition. Um, Shepard Fairey was a big fucking yeah. influence for me for sure. Basically, what all I did was steal Shepard's playbook, man. Like, <laughs> make a sticker, make some art, fucking run with it. You yeah. Know? There's Where art within repetition, not to like cut in like. No, yeah. But like some people are like, oh, I have to always be on the cutting edge, and that's respectable. Like like a band like Brand New, every album of Brand New is different, and then in in the last couple they've kind of come full cycle, and that's cool, right? But then there's also this like fucking amazing thing about having the determination and willpower to literally stick to your guns and find who you are through repetition. It's something that like I come from in my background of like training in classical music. Because that shit doesn't change. Like the paper is the paper and you follow the notes and they literally like have as much detail as they can. Yeah. So you can reproduce it. And there's something very special about that about someone who gets on stage. At the end of the day like our favorite musicians get on stage they probably like play your hits for you 
right? Pretty much yeah. the way you love them. Well, think about That's it. That's like very impressive. It's mm-hmm. not until, till in my mind, somewhat recently that bands are applauded for taking risks, for taking chances, for changing it up. Mm-hmm. Up until about, I'm throwing an arbitrary number here, but yeah. five years ago, ten years ago, that was a fucking note. Like David Bowie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He would come out with Ziggy Stardust and whatever albums came after that. Um, and people want to hear that. And then he turned into this guy and that guy. He took chances. And he got fucking kicked in the teeth for it a lot. Mm. But the people like now are like, oh shit, that guy was a genius. Mm. But when you're deviating from the fucking thing... Yeah, no one feels you on that. Yeah, I mean, it's a scary, uncharted fucking territory. So the repetition thing is, uh, in music especially, it's it's a safety thing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In art, it's not necessarily repetition like making the same paintings over and over again. It's using imagery over and over again in a different way. Right. So right. That's, what I, that's what I was going for. Okay. Um... So then, when did uh, you were like, when were you like, I'm going to open an art studio for myself? So, after that first show, I mean, that was just an anomaly. It was, yeah. for me, it was like, holy shit, I can't believe I pulled that off. Yeah. Great. I could check that off the list. You yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then about two weeks later, I was like, you know what? That made me happier than anything I've ever done up until this point. Uh huh. Sales job, working construction, exactly. Doing all like those eleven paintings, those yeah. eleven paintings I sold, uh-huh. don't even come near to what I was making in sales. Yeah, but it but it you feel better. me. It makes me feel yeah. so much fucking better. So if I can sell eleven paintings at my first show, I can sell one or two paintings a month to keep me afloat. Yeah, and still bartend and do whatever fucking random shit I have yeah. to do. But I'd much rather do that than fucking hate my life yeah there's something yeah there's something like kind of inspiring about that where it's just like I would rather not sit in a cubicle or behind a desk or if I had to answer another fucking phone call or tell another lie yeah to sign a deal that made me money and I knew that was putting someone in a shitty position I was gonna kill myself yeah and I'm not saying that dramatically like honestly like I wanted to shoot myself on a daily basis because it's Sucked, probably. And with art, I've never wanted to shoot myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's been rough times, dude. There's been very, very rough times. Yeah. A a very good artist friend of mine, he's a mentor to me. Uh Uh-huh. His name is Jack Jensen. Um, He's been doing it in Denver forever. Yeah. And he does it the right way, and his paintings are just fucking on point. And, like, Uh he... It's, it's so I'm telling you guys like a bastardized sideways quote here he told a friend of mine uh, another great Denver artist named Vinny Cheap he said unless you've wiped your ass with the phone book you're not an artist <laughs> and when I first heard that quote I was like oh, whatever man I, yeah. like, I really thought about it I was like oh wow unless you've been so broke that you can't afford toilet paper that you have to wipe your ass with the phone book. Yeah. You're not truly an artist, you know? And now with like Instagram and fucking all these things. Yeah. Anyone with a fucking cell phone's an artist, you know? Mm-hmm. 
and a lot of these people are making a shit ton of money like yeah painting ninja turtles and pizzas and bullshit and nintendo and you know yeah like, and there's nothing wrong with that fucking right on for them but i just don't get off on like that's not yeah me. Mm. but there was a time when and not that it's ever been that great uh-huh. but it's a lot greater now than it used to be yeah back in the days when it was shit do mm. i pay my rent or do i do i buy paint you yeah. know do I eat this week or do I buy brushes? And were you finding yourself in those positions? Oh were yeah, you? man. Early yeah. on. It, you, what when you look back on those moments, right? Do you feel like, oh fuck, maybe I shouldn't have maybe I should have bought that other thing instead of the art thing? Or would you do the would you do the whole process the same? Would you Dude if if I had it all over to do again? Yeah, that's on it. I would, uh, I would have played guitar instead of playing basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and when I started art, I wouldn't do anything different. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was that thing in my life that I was always looking for that I didn't quite know I was looking for. Yeah, but I you said it was it, always in the back of your mind, so it was kind of. It was of always like... in the back of my mind, and I just didn't have the confidence, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't so, do, I wouldn't do anything different, man. It's yeah. been fucking awesome. It took the stickers and all of that stuff to give you the confidence? Yeah, man. It was it was a weird thing. It was just growing up in Inglewood, Colorado, being an artist isn't a, isn't a thing. That's not a job. Oh, around here. It's not like a... Yeah. you. you <laughs> one of your buddy's dads is not an artist. You know what oh, I mean? One of, okay. your, one of your buddy's moms is like, there's no, there's no roadmap for that. Yeah. Mm. So when you, at 30 years old... Yeah. And you go from the sales job and like the year before you bought your parents like this extravagant gift for Christmas. Yeah. And then at 30, you're like, you know what, guys? Guess what? I'm going to be an artist. Yeah. <laughs> and thank God my family's been supportive and fucking... Of course. That's where we come from. But Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird thing at 30 years old to tell everyone, fuck all of it. I'm just going to start painting. They're like, what? Yeah. What, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> like, and then now at 40, uh-huh. where they see that it actually is a viable thing. And yeah. Granted, I'm not rich and famous or anything like that, but it pays my bills. Yeah, you're making it. It, it pays better than construction. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> Doesn't pay as quite as good as sales yet, but mm-hmm. uh, it's getting there. What was like, or how was the, the process of like having your... Um, you have a studio now, but then you're moving to making one right next door, you said. Yeah. So what, like, where, what made you want to, like, okay, I'll have one right next door to this bar? So, I lucked out, man. About four years ago, I was approached with this opportunity with nine other artists and uh, business people and very close friends of mine. Yeah. They're like, dude, we have an opportunity to get this spot. Uh Uh-huh. Um, do you guys want to do it? Like, it's an art studio. It's a, it's a what they call, a creative incubator is what they called it. Oh yeah, because they're smarter at business terms than I am. But <laughs> and I totally bet. I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So we started with nine people. I got it. Thank you. All right. And. Uh, 
over the course of the first year, we went down to five people because <laughs> uh-huh. it wasn't making money. It wasn't a viable thing for them. Yeah. And the five of us that were there were like, it's not about money, man. Like, we got a spot that we can create. Like, if I want to do a 10-foot by 10-foot painting, I've got a spot to do it. Mm, yeah. Because before that, it was... That's difficult. Dude, you're working in your kitchen. You're working in your, like, apartment fucking closet. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, some your buddy's garage. Like, uh, You're trying to, like, make it make ends meet. So yeah, so when you, when you have a spot that's, like, unlimited space and unlimited, like possibilities like you go you go bonkers you you dive head first into it yeah and there was a lot of months when financially it didn't make sense uh-huh. and relationship wise it didn't make sense and yeah you know it, does that make any sense what i'm saying like yeah your girlfriend's mad at you because you're paying money for this thing that she doesn't get yeah know? no of course yeah that doesn't make sense so after three years of it and we became uh a spot in Denver like it's still going now like yeah I love those guys uh-huh. but over all those years my my actual physical workspace got smaller and smaller and smaller and I was paying more and more and more yeah so when I was offered the opportunity to get the spot next door with more physical workspace for less payment yeah why not of, of course I'm gonna do that yeah and it just so happened that when I signed the lease on that, that we got the offer to purchase this bar. Oh, that's smooth, yeah. So I was so naive that I thought that I could do both at the same time. Uh-huh. And the first four months of this bar has been 24 hours a day, man. So you haven't been able to get to the art side? Not, not yet, dude. This, not recently? Or? Since I first started painting, Yeah. this is the longest time I've gone without painting. Holy smokes! And it's driving me fucking crazy. <laughs> Yo, I bet I I um I I spoke to someone before talking about um, art and the creative process, um and how it kind of feels like a sneeze you can't get out. Wow. You know. Yeah. Wow. Or it's like if I don't do this, it feels like it's stuck in me. I've never heard it put that way, but that yeah. nails it, dude. Well, I mean, <laughs> we were we were drinking a lot, and I was like this analogy sounds dumb but it feels like when you can't get a sneeze out like you're trying to do every little thing you like look at the sun or whatever like you know what seriously I mean? man straight up like that whoever said that nailed it like yeah that's uh is that how it like feels for you right now yeah because yeah, you've been uh, working at this bar as opposed to working on your art and when we first started this bar i in my in my naive dumb mind i yeah. was like Oh, I can do both at the same time. I'll open the gallery, blah, blah, blah. And uh, the first, because we're only four months in. Yeah. The first four months have been 22 hours a day. Uh Uh-huh. Running this, doing this. Yeah. Stressing this. And I see the spot next door that has unlimited potential. Like, I I know what it's going to be. I know what it's going to look like. You can see it in your mind. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. And I just, it was two weeks ago that I started like demoing walls and like Mm. trying to make it happen over there. I thought that was going to be like three months ago. Yeah. And it just didn't happen that way. And I'm not, I'm not upset about that. I'm not like, I'm being realistic about it. And it, it, yeah. uh, At the end, at the end of all of it, 
it's going to be so like that's my dream come true yeah to to just do yeah. art full time or just to yeah. use be, this being being a bar owner yeah was not my dream come true like, okay. It was just kind of a lightning strike, lottery win, mm -hmm. right time, right place. Yeah. Fuck yeah, this is great. Mm -hmm. This will fund everything else that yeah, I want to do. Yeah. I so, wanted to. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go I, ahead, man. Go ahead. I wanted to ask you what kind of music you listened to growing up because a lot of what your story is from what I've been, you know, from what you've been sharing, feels very like punk. Do it yourself, like fuck yeah like, let's dude just, that's so funny you say that you know I don't know if you do or if you have listened to like 80s like Black Flag like Minor Threat like oh yeah dude I'm, 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 I'm familiar with those bands yeah but actually growing up I was that white suburb kid that mm -hmm. if it were and my older cousins helped me like they helped me out a lot yeah I was I was versed or, or they gave, they showed you the ropes when it came to music. Yeah. That's, I mean, like that's what happened to me with my older cousins. And their music wasn't necessarily counterculture or off the yeah. like. They were very mainstream. Oh, really? White mall kids. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, okay. It was everything from my older cousin, like Billy Squire and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. To U two. Uh -huh. It wasn't until my my cousin Trini, mm. uh, Katrina. Yeah. She was into uh, Anthrax. And yeah. And Those metal bands, yeah. Yeah, like she was more counterculture. Uh-huh. That, that's just like a 1960s word to say. But yeah, like, no, but I know what she's talking about, yeah. But yeah, for the whole punk rock thing, like I, I dig the aesthetic. Mm -hmm. I dig what they were doing, like the DIY thing. Yeah, I, because... I, yeah. I get that. But musically, it's like nails on a chalkboard. To yeah, you probably not into <laughs> it. I mean, but like the the ideals of it, it sounds a lot because you you're saying like I turned thirty and I was like fuck it. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking do this thing, and that's the punk, the most punk thing, right? That you could ever yeah, do. You the know aesthetic, I, mean? I fucking get it, man. But yeah. the soundtrack was different. There was someone. Um, that I, I don't remember who, but said to me, we're just like, what do you think punk rock is? And he was like a jazz musician. And he says, well, I think punk rock is a polka band playing at OzFest. Right? Yeah, because it's just like, fuck you guys. I'm going to do my own thing. And that's kind of what you did. No, it's exactly, dude. Like, it's, and to like kick the music uh, horse to death is like, yeah. for now, like EDM mm -hmm. to me... Sounds like robots fucking yeah. farting and like I'm just not my thing, but that's the most punk rock thing that's out right now. Yeah, because it's, it's it pisses off parents, it pisses off fucking old people. Yo, like yeah, it's like anything that gets anyone mad yeah. is the most punk thing that could you know be punk. You know, and it's just I I dig it. Like I dig people taking an opportunity. Uh -huh. They're not waiting for someone to give them a chance. They're not waiting for something to happen that, that maybe that they're just like fuck it. I'm just gonna do it. Yeah. And when I was doing this whole thing, man, I I didn't look at it that way. Yeah. I did it because I had to do it. That's another thing that um, the same episode where we talked about art being a, the or the creative process being kind of a sneeze is that the alternative sometimes and to be dramatic. You know, not to rehash shit that people listening probably have heard already. Yeah. 
but the alternative is the alternative almost feels like death if i don't do the creative thing then i am going to die yeah and and not to over like dramatize it or anything yeah. but like that's where i was in my life like yeah i, I was at such a low point man that mm-hmm. that dumb sticker that dumb little sticker gave me hope yeah if i didn't find that I shudder to think like where where, where, yeah, where would you be where yeah. I would have ended up, and not where I've ended up is anywhere great or anything. But it's better for you mentally. So you that's know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, man, it uh, that that little fucking sticker saved my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it that way. Like I know that sounds dramatic and no, whatever, but like fuck that. Who cares? It gave me something to believe in at a time uh-huh. when I felt invisible, when I had nothing to believe in. Yeah. And all it was was a sticker. That's that's awesome, one hundred percent. I would never, I would never preach that to anyone else or anything. Uh-huh. But if there's somebody out there that is in that same place, yeah, maybe it's a sticker, maybe it's writing in your journal, maybe uh-huh. it's skateboarding, maybe it's fuck whatever the fuck yeah. it is. But it's out there. Yeah, there's you something know what out I mean? there. Yeah, like, it doesn't. That's so. But there's something about, I guess, your story that I'm learning now that I that I think is pretty awesome is that like, you grew up a basketball player. You know what I mean? You grew up like mainstream. You said your cousin's Straight very ma- mainstream, mainstream dude. dude. The high school jock, fucking mainstream yeah. motherfucker. I'm gonna dude. dunk a basketball on a fucking Seriously, guy. Seriously, dude. Seriously, that, yeah. That was my life. And then here you are. You you have this bar, and you're. I would say from what you just told me, an accomplished artist, not just like some dingo who says, I'm an artist. You know what right? I mean? Like, <laughs> No, seriously, man. Like, Here's a, here's a random story. Yeah. That sticker. Uh-huh. Um, so in Denver, uh, there's a street called Colfax. It's an avenue, like the longest running avenue in the U.S. Uh-huh. And when I was growing up, Colfax, East Colfax especially, was kind of a rough place. Yeah. It was... Uh, hookers and drugs and weird, a weird yeah. spot just like every city in the world yeah has a weird spot yeah and uh, I just happened to live uh, there's a spot just south of that called Capitol Hill okay now, there were there were cheap apartments there and you could uh-huh. live there for like 200 bucks and yeah uh, that was the spot so in your early 20s when you were growing up here in the late 90s yeah like, that's where you lived of course so when I first started doing the sticker, I lived right by there, like in Capitol Hill, and I went to this bar called The Squire. I would drink there and hang out in a bar yeah. called The Lion's Lair, and these are all within a few blocks of each other. Oh, yeah. Uh, Streets of London was another one. And when you first start putting up a sticker, mm-hmm. um, you start in bathrooms. Yeah. You, you start in safe places. Yeah, where no one can see you putting yeah. it up, yeah. Then you get a little more fucking balls to you, and you start yeah. putting it up on stop signs and post office boxes. and like Yeah. So, out of that first 60 fucking stickers that I made, yeah, I would say a good 15, 20 of them uh-huh. were at this intersection, Colfax and Williams, where the Squire Bar was. Yeah. On stop signs, on whatever. Yeah. You fast forward like 13 years, mm. uh, 10 years, 13 years, something like that. Sorry. Yeah. The city of Denver shut down Colfax, okay. so I could paint my helmet logo on the actual. Are you fucking intersection. For real? <laughs> <laughs> so the intersection where you put your stickers on, you got to put it up there for real. Yeah, I, not. I, I mean, 
in quotes for real. Yeah, but. like I mean, like actually closed down Colfax, one of yeah. the busiest streets in Denver. They closed it down so I could paint it on the street. That's amazing, dude. So like it, everything came fucking full circle. Yeah, man. it was. That's it was great. Ridiculous. You, I mean, like you could talk about all the money that you made with your previous job, but what can really amount to that? Like, how can you really right. quantify what? That whole thing. Exactly. Where you make this sticker and then all of a sudden... Well, and you told me earlier, like, you play music. Yeah. Playing a good rock and roll show is... The, the joy I get from that... Mm-hmm. It beats anything. Far outweighs any business deal I've ever yeah. made. Any sports victory I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, here's... Yeah. It's this thing because there's connection. There's people in the crowd getting off to what and you're then, doing. Yeah, there's a, there's I a definitely 100% agree. I, I used to work for a, a place where I used to be able to just like write about video games and movies all day. That's what I would do all Sorry, day every dude, day. Can you give me one second? Oh, yeah, of course. I'll edit this out. Don't worry about it. This part might get cut out, but probably not. Um, he drove by and he was like, oh, this tavern looks like it's cool. But we went to another bar that I looked up on my phone. And then that bar was closed. And then he's like, let's just go to the one. Which, uh, which one did you look up on your phone, if you don't mind me asking? I think it was like Buds or something or Bips or I don't know. I'm trying to think. Dubs. Oh, Dubs, yeah. Yeah. So that's further up that way. Yeah. That place is crazy, dude. Like when I was like college-ish mm-hmm. age. We played on a softball team for them. Yeah. Uh, back like sports, like meathead yeah. fucking time. Uh huh. Our trophy that we won in the softball league got broken in a bar fight. Oh my god! <laughs> like two months after we won it, like crazy shit. That's gnarly, dude. Right? Just dumb, dumb stuff, man. Yeah. Then they told us to go to Ned's, but. Max didn't want to look up Ned's. Oh, Ned Kelly's, yeah. That's more in, like, Littleton. It, yeah. It's a cool spot, but I'm glad you guys came here. Yeah, because Max was like, there's one just right back the way we came. Let's just and go dude, there. We're so new. Like, we're only in our fourth month. So, yeah. like, we're you not really on, earlier. like, Yelp and, like, Googles mm-hmm. and, you know, like, all that shit. As soon as we walked in, we felt like we made the right decision. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. You know, came right out for a smoke and... Met you and I was like, man, this is this is great. Dude, it means the world to me, man. It's been a fucking great night. Yeah, but we were talking about art. We were talking about you open up the art studio. We were talking about because it's a better space for you, but you not having the chance that that creative sneeze. We were talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah for being, sure. Being a little stuck. Yeah, dude. So it's it's one of those things where like. How can I say it? So, <clears throat> when I first started painting, yeah, I had a little bit of residual money from like sales and all that stuff. Yeah. So that paid for the art show and the stickers mm-hmm. and the t-shirts yeah. and the blah blah blah. Yeah. When that money ran out, mm-hmm. I was faced with like, oh fuck, mm-hmm. I'm a painter now. Yeah, and you were talking about the, the phone I'm, book. Yeah, no, like I'm not selling fucking paintings. What do I have to do? Luckily, my family owned a a tree trimming business. Mm-hmm. So I worked with my dad doing tree trimming. Yeah. Some days I'd make 50 bucks a day. Some days I'd make 300 bucks a day. Mm-hmm. And it was always out in the weather, whether it's summertime and you're sweating your ass off or wintertime and you're freezing your ass off. Yeah. Busting my ass, dude. So then I 
partnered up with this this gallery that uh, that I used to own. Yeah. And these people were guys that are guys and girls uh-huh. that were full time artists, illustrators, yeah. whatever, and they made small amounts. None of us were rich by any means, uh-huh. but they didn't have to have day jobs. Yeah. I was the only guy with a day job, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. It would just fucking kill me, man, that I would work like a 12-hour day of tree work, like hard yeah. manual labor. Yeah. And then go and work at this gallery to, like, work on new pieces for gallery shows mm-hmm. or whatever. And uh, just be wiped out, man. So by the time I went to bed, I was working, like, 22-hour days. Yeah. But it didn't feel that way because I, I loved what I was... The art part, I loved. Mm-hmm. But the the bullshit of listening to them, not quite understanding where I was coming from, yeah. and me not understanding where they were, it, it was just kind of a weird dynamic. Yeah. So when I had an opportunity to get my own art spot, I jumped on it, man. I was mm-hmm. like, yes. Get when, it, yeah. And, and when I first started, man, like tree work was paying 90% of my bills, art uh-huh. was paying like 10%. Yeah. Over a long enough timeline, like, you know, eight years, seven years, whatever. Artwork was paying 90% of the bills. Tree work was paying 10% of the bills. Yeah. So I could do things like go out to dinner and, you know. Yeah. It was actually working. Right. And right at the peak of when it was working is when I opened up that spot and uh, this spot as well. Yeah. I was just naive in that I thought I could run a bar and, like, build a a actual money-making business Mm -hmm. and... And continue to make totally your art. remodel a gallery and do all these yeah. things. So where I'm at now is I'm still in the remodel over there, uh-huh. and I'm just fingers crossed, praying to like once that's done and ready to go, then mm-hmm. I can actually get back to let that sneeze go. You yeah. know what I mean? That's what it. I mean, it sounds like because you said this place has only been open for four months, so it sounds like. You still got a lot of time before you could actually get the balance right. Exactly. You know, so it's it's like... And that's what I'm working on, man. I'm trying to crack that code and just yeah figure out how I can balance both of them. And uh-huh. it's I can see it. It's coming. It's just yeah. not quite there yet. You know? Yeah. That's one of the hardest things, I think, too, as a creative person or working with a creative mind. It, it, it's like... You see where the you see where it can be, but right now it's not there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Man. And, I mean, you know how it goes. Like your first band that you played in. Yeah. I don't know how how young you were or how old you were when you started playing in like bands or anything. Mm-hmm. But any of the bands I played in were thir- when I was thirty and older. Yeah. So the thoughts of like really making it and like signing a record deal that wasn't a thing. It was yeah. like having fun with my friends yeah and with art it was never oh, I'm gonna be this huge famous artist it's gonna be great it was having fun with myself right and with this bar it's been like having fun with my family and with locals and new people you know like yeah. new locals and so I've been very lucky in that I've never fallen into that trap of this has to work we have really have to make it we really have to you know yeah sign a deal or you know like it's that's never been a part of it you know yeah oh let me move this closer to you dude oh right on thanks bro 
What am I doing? Hogging the ashtray. Fucking Paulie's a dick. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think finding that balance, I think, is the hardest part as an artist when you have the day job or you have the thing that pays the bills but the thing that gets you off for lack of a better dude that's that's what that's the term I use all the time yeah it's weird sometimes I meet people and I'm like what gets you off but not physically but I mean like and the people that get it get it and the people that don't are like why why, why would he say that (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's funny man and and that's that's exact terminology that I use is I don't paint Ninja Turtles and Monopoly guys because yeah. it doesn't get me off. Yeah. I paint the weird fucking dumb shit that I paint because it gets me off. Yeah, yeah. And if there's someone out there that digs it, fucking great, man. Mm. But if not, I don't care. It's mm. still going to keep getting me off. Yeah, and I think that's like... That's something... And I, I hate to use the term like real artist or, you know... Right, because what does that mean? Yeah, you know? but... uh I guess ones that I consider more uh, maybe valid or something is kind is kind of just like they don't think about what it's going to get them in terms of other people what other people think they don't yeah. think about like or like exactly for what you said for instance like you're doing this because it it makes you happy it's it's not about what makes fucking John or Joe or whatever happen. Right. You know what I mean? It's about what, like, you're expressing yourself for yourself as opposed to some people. I mean, I don't know if you've known people like this, but some people I know that are like, I'm going to express myself because I know other people will be into it as right. opposed to, like, thinking about the other person as opposed to thinking about themselves. It's funny, like, uh, in visual art especially, like painting. Mm-hmm. Any painting I've ever done where I was like, oh, fuck, people are going to fucking dig this. Like, this is going to be my hot new shit. Yeah. Everyone's going to love it. Anytime I thought that and I came at it from that perspective, mm-hmm. it fell flat. It's like your worst thing? Yeah, it was just like uh, resounding fucking yawns. Like, yeah. uh, whatever. <laughs> shit that I made that I just got off on that I didn't even really want to show anybody. Yeah. When I showed them that shit, they were like, oh my God, this is this is unbelievable. This is great. Right. The songs we've written that were, we thought were fucking unbelievable, great yeah. songs. Like, everyone's going to dig it. They were just like, eh. uh, Yeah. And I learned, luckily, like early on, in, and it's so weird to say it, but like when you start when you're 30 years old. Yeah. You know, all my buddies started when they were 15. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. And when you're a kid, you don't you don't think that way. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You're just a kid. You fucking rock out and you don't give a fuck. Yeah. When you're 30, you have a little different outtake. Like yeah. A, um, not outtake. Um, outlook. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the Jameson's kicking in. It's all good. Um, on things. And right when you think that you're like, oh, I know what people like. This is going to be great. Every time I've thought that, it's been garbage. It's been the op- opposite, garbage. yeah. I mean, even in, in, in my cases where, like, um, before we went on this trip, I played a show in Long Island. And that was mostly because, like, I wrote this song that I was like, man, no one's going to fucking like this song. But someone emailed me. It was like, I want you to play at this venue I run in my house because of this song. 
but I hated it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm just putting it out to put it out. Right. I just need to like get this thing, these these things, these ideas out of yeah. my head and get them out there. Yeah. Yeah. It, so that's that's the way it worked. Um, with I think I believe with all the uh, editing and all the stuff, we're getting close to an hour. All right. Cool, man. Um, and I think Max told you earlier before we started that one of the things I like to do to end, we could keep going for another couple minutes. Do whatever you want. You just let um, me know. But uh, one of the things I like to do is, and this has been really good because um, I've been asking more questions than answering them. But I love it, man. Yeah, so it's, it's one of those things where it's like, now it's your turn. You can ask me whatever you want. If you have more than one question, go for it. If you, if you have just one. That's fine, and you can literally ask me anything, and the example that I use is that in a previous episode, someone asked me who my favorite porn star was, and my answer was, I don't know any of their names, because the way the internet works, you can just see a little, like, yeah, rotating you don't have to know gift. their names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, know? Get, I guess what I would build on that and be like, who's your favorite visual artist, like your favorite painter? <sighs> I, so here's, oh man, that's actually really good. Because I don't talk about this often. I, I like to paint, but I don't share any of those paintings. It freaks me out because it's just like... It's a weird thing, man. Yeah. It, it's, it's more... It feels more personal or... There's a... Like, you'll know more of who I am as opposed to like if I'm like... Right, I totally get that, dude. Um, but I remember I was dating a girl at the time and she was like... Listen, you can come with me to this. I think you should come with me to this class trip that I have. She was um, it was a college trip. All right. Um, to uh, one of the museums in New York City. I don't remember which, but at the time they had um, a Jackson Pollock painting, like giant, fucking huge, dude. It's so funny, like, and I stood there, dude, and I stood there. She's like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "This, this is what I think. I think I understand art now <laughs> right? because I'm fucking feeling stuff, and I'm like walking up and down this giant canvas." Where she was like, I'm not, "She was a photographer. Not that she didn't appreciate it, but she was like, she appreciated the photography exhibits more than the uh, the painting exhibits. So like, nothing against her in that way. But no, I was just not like, at all. I was just like, what the fuck." Isn't it weird, man, when you see something of that scale? Yeah. Um, and not to sound like your grandpa or someone yeah. <laughs> fucking on your phone and Instagram. Mm -hmm. and they, like, it doesn't do it justice. No, it's not the same. It's when not the same. When you see it in real life, man. I, like, I leaned over the um, that velvet rope, you know, mm -hmm, they put so mm -hmm. you don't fucking touch it. But I leaned over it and put my face up to the thing. And you can see, like, where the... I don't know, even know if it was acrylic paint, but like you could see the paint, like the uh, the ridges in the paint. Yeah, and, and like, I was just like fucking. Especially the way that he painted, and especially yeah. the fact that he was like a raging alcoholic, and like, yeah. his hands were shaking when he did it. Like, yeah, that's why you can't duplicate a Pollock, you know? What yeah, I mean? and to me, that's something amazing. Like you can't duplicate this conversation. We're yeah, having, you know, like it's real. Yeah, it's fucking real, man. And on on that note, and when it comes to visual art. So my, my I'm, I like to joke that I majored in unemployment and minimum wage because I'm basically, ma I majored in film. So it's like, what am I going to do Dude, with that's that? that's so funny. I just finished my first feature-length film project. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, it's all shot on Super Eight. It's a 19, oh, that's amazing. Nineteen seventies era cop action kung fu like two yeah. B movie. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, called yeah. Hot Lead Hard Fury. We're actually debuting it January twenty fifth. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so it's coming out. It'll be like uh, Denver oh. Denver premiere. We're gonna do the festival thing. Yeah, it'll probably be out by the time this right? comes out. But yeah, um, man, Hot Lead Hard Fury. Can't say yeah. it enough. Check it out. But uh, yeah, like I. When it com- I like I really when it comes to like film and that kind of visual art, I'm really into like the French new wave from the sixties. Oh, like, hell yeah! Fucking Christ! Like they're, they're like uh, before this trip, obviously, because I don't have access to all of the, you know, like the amenities of like let me watch online streaming shit. Yeah, totally. But before this, like I like once a month, I'm just like I'm gonna watch this movie from this guy. I've like I just know he's a part of this um, this era of filmmaking, so I'm just gonna watch it just to just fucking sit there and watch it and like maybe eat a bag of chips, but not even really eat them, <laughs> right? Because just like have my mind blown by yeah. how this shit is going it's so on. So stark and like black and white and just like yeah. real life, and you're seeing a a moment in time that's captured. That like when you're watching that, it's 1960s French time. Yeah. Two hours of it, and it might be fucking pretentious. It might be bullshit, or yeah. it might be fucking the coolest thing you've ever seen in your life. Right. There's um shit. I'm so glad I remembered this too, because um especially since you being like a painter, at least also not at least, but also um, appreciating paints uh or paintings and like art in that way. There's this movie called um, Ali Fear Eats the Soul. That's the name of the movie. I'll write it down for you. Ali Fear Eats the Soul? Ali and then colon Fear Eats the Soul or something right. like that. Okay. And it's, um, I, I forgot the exact director's name, but after we're done recording, I'll write his last yeah, name down for great, you. Yeah, man. But there's something really cool about it because it's about, it's, it's, um, it's like a German movie, but, um, it's a, it's almost like a romantic movie about how, uh, this immigrant black dude is in love with an older German lady. And that's, like, weird enough on its own. It's interesting enough on its own. But the way that it's shot is almost like paintings because if we were in the movie right now, we're having this conversation, the conversation would end, there would be a lull, and the camera will pan back, and the actors will just stay still. Oh, right. So when it pans back, it's like, holy shit, every frame of this is literally a painting. That's fucking... And the colors and... That's the filmmaking, way it, dude. That's yeah. fucking amazing. So, so it's like, if, like, literally, if we were in the movie, like, you'd be smoking that cigarette, we wouldn't be talking, it'd be silent. It doesn't... Being silent doesn't really work for podcasts, but we'd be silent, and the camera would be, like, here, like, close up, and then start panning back, and going back, and go, and still, we're just silent, you're smoking. I love it. I love and then it. maybe until it goes outside of the bar. And then it... And then it cuts to the next scene. That's and then great, it's, yeah. man. So it lets it sit, and I make it seem like it's it lasts for like 15, 20 seconds, but it's literally like maybe four or five, but that's already like a long time for movies. Oh, yeah, especially now. Yeah, yeah. People it's, are used to instant yeah. gratification, you but know? But you'll see, there's one scene that I keep picturing in my head where they're in a park, they have a serious conversation about the story of what's going on. But they're sitting in like kind of a park cafe, and then it starts up really close, and then it just pans all the way back, and they don't move, and they're just sitting like this, yeah, with their coffee or whatever they have on the table, but they're just sitting like that, 
and they don't say anything and the score kicks in and it's kind of just like holy shit the, like the dude who directed this thought about how it was like how it was going to look it's it, it's crazy because it it's the closest thing i think any movie i've ever seen in my life mimic like still life you know because i think isn't, isn't it funny though like on a for me like what just i'm sorry to me no no it's okay it's okay on, a, on like a deeper level like the conversation we're having tonight yeah whether it's recorded or not mm -hmm. it's a conversation yeah and it's important or it's not important or whatever but the connection that's the important part yeah so if the camera zooms out and just sees you and i sitting here yeah that's the important like it catches the essence of what it means to be alive what it means to connect with people yeah. like Wow, that's heavy duty, man. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's usually how it goes in that movie too. And like, that's, that's a great, great, great analogy. Like a great analogy you made with like the way this. I love it, man. Yeah, I love it. It's um, it's pretty amazing. I'm like um, I'll I'll make sure to write it down because we're we're close to the close to the end. And you said it's it's called Fear Eats the Soul. Yeah, that's the best way to look for it. Yeah, because it. I mean, like it's the best way to say it. Yeah, it, it's. Oh God, it's such a good movie i remember again the same girlfriend i was dating at the time asked me because her her photography professor assigned it you know as like you got to watch this and she's like have you ever seen this movie and i was like it's my one of my favorite movies that's great because it's one of the only um i think what i was getting at before is like a lot of what film tries to do is replicate other forms of media you know yeah. like whether it be photography or paintings, or even novels, the way novels are put together. Um, there are some movies I've seen in the past maybe 10 years that are almost feel like, oh, this is like reading a book as opposed to watching a movie. Right. Um, just the way it's Isn't all Isn't it funny up. when you catch that? You're like, it's a slower pace. Yeah. When you're watching it, it unfolds like you're reading it. Like, mm -hmm. There's there's over-narration or over-describing what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Like, it's very obvious when they're doing that. Yeah. And it's like, it's cool with that movie. It's cool because it really just like hits those notes almost perfectly, or maybe perfectly. Um, the last movie I've I've seen that almost got to that point was, strangely enough, the new Blade Runner movie. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Every we were in Hong Kong and there's posters for it yeah. everywhere, and it looked like there's, yeah, I mean like, Hong Kong. It's like yeah, Times Square. Like yeah. Um, billboards they're like uh, uh, not billboards what am I trying to say um, is it like the digital shit yeah like lighted signs yeah. like Times Square type yeah. of shit so you're seeing trailers for this like on the fucking run yeah from, like, dude every half hour you're gonna see that, a clip from that movie and it looked so amazing but I haven't, yeah. I haven't caught it yet but yeah it's one of those ones that, like that's the closest thing that got to that like where it's like shit this whole thing like you can, like, when it comes out on DVD, you can hit pause and then make that your your background to your computer screen. Right. At any moment. At literally any moment. Right. It's one of those movies. Isn't um, it funny, man? Like, certain songs are that way where you, when you hear that song, you're like, fuck, why would you play anything else? Like, yeah. anything else compared to this is garbage. Right. Film is the same way. It's like, what? Why would you make this dumb romantic comedy? Or mm -hmm. and, and don't get me wrong, I get down on romantic comedy. Yeah, no, same, <laughs> you same, know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, 
there's certain people that get it in a way that a lot of people don't get yeah. it. Yeah. And like, why would you do it any other way? Like, this is real life. This yeah. Is, this is art. This is life. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm not explaining that very well, but... No, I, it makes sense. I don't know. It's a funny thing, man. Very funny thing. Yeah. And whether whether it's your podcast or whether it's a painting or whether it's a song or, or a film... Movie, yeah. There's certain ways we can do shit that are so much better. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I strive for. I, I don't think I've hit it. I don't think I'll ever hit it. And that I think that's the thing, too. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's the thing, too, about creative people or artists in general. They know that thing, like, this is how it should be done. I want to emulate this or, like... And it, no one has the same thing. Like, everybody has their own influences. Everyone, exactly. Everyone has their own best. But at the same time, the one thing that's common is that I'll never hit that best. Right. <laughs> I'm never going to hit that best. But I'm going to try right? to get this close to it. And that's all we got, man. That's yeah. all we've got. And it's the people that, that fool... Uh, maybe fool is not the right word... Um, their best is the romantic comedy. Yeah. Their best is that. But they're a better salesperson than I am. Yeah. So they're like, oh, this is the hot shit. This is the best shit ever. And yeah. you watch it and you're like, it's like um, like an ice cream cone. Yeah. It makes you feel good at the time. But then you eat it or mm-hmm. you drop it on the ground or it melts or whatever and it's gone. Mm-hmm. I strive for that thing that's not the ice cream cone. It's it's that thing, that, that warm blanket. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes you feel good for the rest of your life. The first yeah. time you see it, the last time you see it before you die, like, it, it's that thing, man, like, that intangible fucking thing that we're going for that yeah. we'll probably never hit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, This is weird. I, I mentioned this. I, I hate that I'm, like, mentioning stuff I mentioned on previous episodes, but I think it applies to this. And it's really funny because it's... um. I think it's great, dude. I'm sorry to interrupt. The fact that you have enough episodes where you can reference previous episodes, <laughs> that's impressive, man. Like I that, mean, that, that's a thing. <laughs> dude, we've been doing it for a, a minute on the road, so I've had a lot of conversations, and sometimes it seems like, did I record this part or did I not? <laughs> right, right. <Yeah. laughs> so it's like one of uh, the thing I was trying to get at about not being the best is I don't know if you ever saw this, but it's kind of funny. It's um, Matthew McConaughey's like Oscar acceptance speech, and Matthew McConaughey is not like the biggest artist. He's not, you know, he's an actor, sure, and he can be good, like in True Detective or Oh yeah, hell yeah, whatever. Love yeah, True like, Detective. Yeah, he or um, Dallas Buyers Club or whatever, like the good movies that he was in. Was he in the Paperboy? Have you ever seen that movie? No, no, I haven't. Intense man. I think he was. I think I'm pretty sure it was. But yeah, the dude's in a lot of movies. At 4.30 a.m. Denver time, when I have a few beers and shots of me, I think he was in that movie. (laughs) It's intense, man. But um, he says something about uh, the person he, uh, or like who he looks up to. And uh, like his hero. And uh, he says his hero is him 10 years from now. Because he knows 10 years from this moment, he won't even be the guy that he thought ten, he was 10 years ago. Right. Because wow. he'll never... He, well, he'll I've never always, seen that or heard it, but yeah, yeah it, it makes sense. It's something like, sense. I'm always going to... Stri- like, I, I always know what I'm pushing towards because in 10 years, I know I'm not good enough 10 years now. 10 years from now, I will be. 
he always knows like what we're saying the best will never get there but we're keep we're gonna keep pushing and for him it's himself 10 years from now even though he knows he'll never be I like it. I can yeah, see that. It's, it's, we, it's like weird that Matthew McConaughey put this thing, like, right. you know what I mean? Like this. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, like right. that, that guy, dude that like, put out this guy. kind of really smart, inspiring. Not, I mean, not that he's an idiot, but like. No, no, I, I get you. I get yeah, where you're Yeah, but going. like just, you don't expect it. It's almost <laughs> unexpected, this guy to be like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm never going to be the best me, but I know what to strive for to be the best me. Whether that is within art or just in, within life, you know. One of my favorite favorite quotes of all time, and I'm sure I'm bastardizing it and paraphrasing it. And I, I don't even know what the origins of it. Yeah. Success has many meanings. Mm-hmm. Failure has only one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think. For some people, success is getting out of bed every morning. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're they're in a place in their life where when they get out of bed, that's a win for them. Yeah. For others, success is making a million dollars. For others, success is being a good father, being mm-hmm. a good brother, being a good boyfriend, being right. a good business owner, whatever whatever it is. Failure has only one. Not being a good brother, not yeah. being a good husband, not being a good not being the thing you said yeah. you're gonna be. Yeah. And. It sounds so simple, and it, it's a very simple quote. It's a very simple thing, but there was a while where I, I was I was striving for the success, mm-hmm. whether it was an art or business or whatever the fuck it was. Mm-hmm. That I was I was a hamster on this wheel, yeah, reaching for this thing that I could never fucking get. Right. And once I realized that sometimes just getting on the wheel is a success. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, man. Not trying, that's a failure every time. Yeah, that's every single time. Universal, yeah. that's a failure. And that's that's something that I think I, I'm still learning, I'm still struggling to understand. Not struggling, but like still trying to understand. But, you know, that's, like in a, that's an important thing, I think, in everybody's life to realize that, like, not even trying to get on the wheel is putting yourself, like, you know, in the worst possible situation. Right. And not sound like a greeting card or a post or anything, but like, this is all we got, man. No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, like, we're a bunch, w- of, a bunch of dummies spinning around this rock trying to yeah. figure shit out. And the way I started thinking about it, and I think I heard this um, online somewhere, and it's this, it's kind of a dumb sports reference. It's like, you only get one at bat. You only get to hit the ball once. So why not fucking try and hit it <laughs> you know right yeah well I go up there and not try yeah you know uh, to, to kick the sports reference horse yeah. dead horse yeah more, um, I think it was um, I, fuck I think it was Larry Bird but I don't I don't remember yeah um, you you miss 100% of the shots you don't take yeah you know what I mean like Fuck man, this is our chance. This is yeah. our this is our time. That's the time to do it. And then it goes back to you, um, what you're saying. You turn thirty, and you're just like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go do it." Right? Like, yeah. And I feel, dude, I feel like I'm so late to the game. Mm-hmm. So late, but I feel so blessed that I even tried because at there least, are people. At honestly, least I came to the game. You know, at least yeah. I'm in the game. 
I'm a lot long, younger than you. I'm 28, but there are people younger than me. But you're doing things now, like this right here. No, yeah, That's what I was getting thing, at. It was you know just like I, mean? I was trying to say, I don't think you're late at the game because you did it. You're doing it. And there are people younger than me that are still trying to convince themselves, can I do it? Right. But and that's why I brought up the. And punk. I guess I was thinking. I'm sorry. I didn't mean oh, to no, no, it's a, it's yet again. I guess I was looking at the other end. There's kids younger than you that are doing it, that are yeah. taking that chance. Yeah. And probably the same way that where I was, they don't they don't even realize that they're taking it. Yeah. They're just living their life, and that's doing where life having the fun, them, you know. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's just. Those this people is, excite me, though. Like, I can't even be mad at people younger than me no, that are trying. No, man. I'm so excited for those yeah. people. But the, so excited for those but people. But the ones who are like, how are you doing? Like, you're on the road for a month. Like, how did you? And I'm like, how did I do? You could fucking just, you can do it. Right? We're not, this isn't fucking rocket science, man. Yeah. This is living life. This yeah. is grabbing life by the fucking balls mm -hmm. and saying, you know what? I'm taking my chance. Yeah. And I might fall flat on my face. Yeah, this might go bad. No, this might be nothing. Yeah. But in the end of it, it's all nothing, man. Like, <laughs> not, not to get too spacey or weird no, about no, it. No, 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 like, but dude, I know what you mean. like, Dude, we're all just energy. That's all. Yeah. Like, we're just renting this. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we're all just energy. Yeah, and That's why not have, like, a fucking good time while we're... Fucking A, man. Yeah. Why not have a yeah. good time? <laughs> That's the one thing I always, like, uh, tell uh, my brother, but not in a way where, like, I'm trying to inspire him, where he's like, why'd you do that? I'm like, well, why not? You know, like... It's the best answer. Yeah. And I, the people that get it, get it, and the people that don't... No, he like, definitely gets it, because he's <laughs> like, oh, we, of course, you know? But it's, it's like one of those things where, like, there are people who don't get it, and they're just like, well, I have this to take care of, and this to take care of, and this... I was like, yeah, everybody has that shit to take care of. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, that's, not at all. That's very important and very, very uh, viable, and that's a real thing. Yeah, but you can also, like, on not, you can also do the other thing, I yeah. think, you know? Dude, it's easy for me to say I'm a 40-year-old man that's not married. I don't have children. Mm -hmm. I've got responsibility. I've got a mortgage. I've got a business. I've got yeah. you know, whatever. But as far as responsibilities go... It's very minimal for me. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Someone my age that has three children, mm -hmm. that has to fucking support them, that has to get them in braces and mm -hmm. Air Jordans and fucking glasses and whatever, you know, they need. Yeah, yeah. I understand that. But it's a small thing. What if what if it's a small the smallest thing? When you're when you're a soccer dad and you're whatever. Yeah. What if you painted on the weekend? What if you wrote songs on the weekend? What if mm -hmm. you wrote poetry on the weekend? Whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. What if you just took that one small chance to do that thing? There, yeah. There's no difference in doing that than making a career out of it. Yeah. It's just taking a chance and doing it. I like, I like that, that way you put it. There's no difference in taking a little bit of time to write a song or make art in making a career out of it. Yeah. They're both the same. They're, you know, you're still, you know, because it goes back to what you were saying earlier where it's just like, if people don't like what I'm doing, I don't give a shit. I like what I'm doing. Right. So let me keep doing it. I've always, I've always told people when they ask me like, what's your favorite part about being an artist? Is it, is it selling paintings? Is it mm -hmm. having shows? No. From when I build a canvas, mm -hmm. To when I design a painting, yeah. To when I actually, app, like 
go into application process of mm-hmm. like painting the painting yeah to when i have an art show to when i sell the painting it's all this it's all cut from the same fabric yeah man. building the canvas gives me as much thrill yeah. as selling the finished painting or it's not almost, selling it you almost, know it, yeah it's almost like the process is what's important right? yeah it's like um the process of making something like this right now is super fun for me writing a song is super fun for me yeah I'm not thinking about the people who are, the only time I'm thinking about people who are listening is like, if you listen to every episode, then maybe you've heard me say things over and over again. <laughs> right? You know, like, I could tell that sorry. you're thinking about that. You know, and I'm like, at that point, I'm sorry, but that's, I purposely like but made this real. in a way where that's you don't real have life, to. Yeah. And that's a real life thing. Like you said, you guys are going to what? Lawrence, Kansas tomorrow. Oh, no, we're going to um, Nebraska. Nebraska. Lincoln. I'm Link, sorry. I, yeah. I think you said Lawrence, uh, no. Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. Lincoln, Nebraska. Right. So... From Inglewood, Colorado, Lincoln, Nebraska. Is Lincoln, Nebraska the end? No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or is that just the beginning of something? Or is it what happens between Inglewood and Lincoln? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's a cheesy way and like, not to sound redundant, but like no, of course. a greeting card way to say it. But like, it's that, that space in between. Mm-hmm. You and Max are in the fucking, in the bus. Yeah. And you stop at a fucking truck stop. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm cuss- cursing like a sailor right now. I don't Dude, to do that. No, it's fine. This is ex- but like you guys, you guys stop at a truck stop and you meet a family that does whatever. Yeah, they have a flea circus in their house, or you know yeah. what I mean. Like that. That's that's the thing. Yeah, that's the. It's not the destination. It's the it's the journey. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I know that's a cliched, played out fucking thing to say. Yeah. But it makes the most sense. It's, it's true, man. It's it makes true. the most sense. I, I mean, not to make this episode a little longer than I originally planned, but <laughs> right, right, yeah. But one of the things. Oh, you can edit down, man. We'll be fine. Yeah, it's like <laughs> one of those things where it's just like, um, I was telling you before, I had a job where I wrote about video games and movies. Sounds like a dream job. And when I was in college, I was like, that's my dream job. That's what I want to do. You know what I mean? But. I started doing it, and I was like, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's one of those things. It's like, it's definitely one of those things where I thought the destination was the answer, but, you know, I, I love that job because it brought me to a lot of cool places, but I didn't love the act of like, okay, I'm going to write about video games, or I'm going to, you know, you know what I mean? Like, the destination was being a video game writer or something. Right. But I hated that part. But the journey to get there was the best part. If that makes any sense. Because I, I think it's true. It makes it, perfect sense, yeah. man. It's, I think we, as a culture, in the, in the U.S. and abroad, like, we get caught up in the details, man. Yeah. And it's, that's natural. That's, it's ingrained in all of us to get mm-hmm. caught up in the details. Yeah. It's when you can escape those details... However it is, whether it's through art, through it, through music, through drugs, through whatever it is, yeah. when you can separate yourself from that for a second mm-hmm. and take a look around, be like, oh, that's not the important thing. Getting there is the important thing. Yeah. Like, once once you crack that code, life life opens up for you. It changes. Yeah. It's. It's this thing that's not kicking your ass anymore. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Because it's, it's, it felt like for a while life was kicking my ass. Oh, dude. Yeah. But being on the road, moving, con- in constant motion, 
I realized, okay, that's, I, I kind of understand. Dude, just the simple part of not having the amenities that you have in everyday life. Yeah. You guys are on the road, I, oh shit, I don't have internet, what am I gonna do? Yeah. You're gonna be all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. You don't have a toilet, you don't have, whatever, the, whatever yeah. it is. There's cultures in the world that don't have, have never had any of these things, and yeah. they're way better off than we are. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm, I'm an America, love it or leave it guy. Like, yeah. I, I bleed red, white, and blue. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. No matter who our president is, and Paul, I give two shits about that. Mm-hmm. I love America. No, same here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think the American dream is what we've been sold our whole life. Yeah. Like. It's not mm-hmm. the white picket fence and the house and the job and the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. For me, the American dream is be happy. Yeah. <laughs> you the know freedom what I mean? to. The freedom to like yeah. be happy, yeah. Be fucking happy, man. Yeah. We've got such a short time here. Be happy with it, you know? Yeah. And I'm sorry that, that like, once again, not sound redundant. No, but it's okay. The, the Jameson shots are kicking in. Yeah. Greeting card, um, after school special sounding that I am. Yeah. Just be happy, man. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm. I'm glad you're saying that because the way I usually end these episodes, and I think we don't have to because we've been having a really great conversation. The way I usually end episodes is asking if like you have anything to say yeah. to anyone who's listening, but you're already saying. Oh shit, man. I mean, like. I don't have anything to say that hasn't been said before that's or a, anything like yeah. that. But uh, yeah, for. For my uh, my amateur two cents is be happy, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, and I think that's the best. That that that's the best thing. A lot of people seem to forget that, or maybe let things get in the way um, that allow them to remember. That one, one of the grossest conversations I've ever heard. Like it sticks with me, mm-hmm. and this is like fuck, fifteen years ago, yeah. twenty years ago. I was in Las Vegas. I heard these two guys talking at this club in Las Vegas, blah, blah, blah. Not, not my thing. Yeah. Yo, man, yo, man, I'm, I'm, I've been DJing like crazy. I'm working on my tape. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I haven't slept for like fucking seven days, man. I don't mm-hmm. sleep anymore. I don't sleep anymore. And you, you could just see the look on these, like their faces. Yeah. These guys were dying. Oh, no. And then... Like, I understand grinding. I understand pushing it hard. Yeah. When it's important. Yeah. What these kids didn't realize is that it wasn't important at that point. Yeah. They were grinding and not sleeping for no reason. Right. Master your craft. Yeah. And then don't sleep. You know yeah. what I mean? These were guys that were, I mean, these, they look like fucking zombies, man. Yeah. And they were proud of it. They were proud of them. Yeah, because they were thinking they were working hard. Yeah, and it... Maybe they were. Maybe yeah. maybe, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm a judgmental prick and I didn't understand yeah. it, but it, to this day, it was one of the creepiest conversations I've ever overheard. Yeah. I think... I get where you're coming from, though, because sometimes, I guess when you work hard or when you hustle like that, not sleeping... And I think you said this earlier, too, 22-hour days of doing this, this, and that. It doesn't feel like a 22... It feels like a two-hour day and you sleep well at night exactly but i think the the conversation that you brought up just being like when you have to bring up i haven't slept in like seven days you're noticing you haven't slept in seven days so maybe 
if that's how you're phrasing it, if this that's how this person is phrasing it, I mean, maybe it's not the best thing. Yeah, and when you, when you're happy about it, when you're doing something that you truly love. Yeah, it's like I've been doing this, not I haven't. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it just, it just stuck in me. Like, it really creeped me out that these kids were saying that. Yeah. And like, they're talking about making music. Yeah. You and I have both made music. We both know the mixing process, yeah. the mastering process, the writing process. It's brutal. Yeah. It doesn't have to be don't sleep for seven days and, <clears throat> and grind and push so hard. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, and even if it is that, even if other people see it as that, it doesn't feel like that. And I would never be the person to be like, that's wrong. Those kids were wrong. Yeah. Maybe those kids were fucking writer than I will ever be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at that time in my life where I was at, it just struck me as like the creepiest conversation I've ever no, heard. No, I feel, I definitely feel you on that. Mostly because it's just like, I can now recall nights where it's like, man, I've been up for a long time working on one dumb thing. Like, I can't believe I started at maybe 10.30 p.m. and now I can't believe it's like fucking four in the morning. But I don't feel like, oh, I haven't slept. I'm like, I just, I'm just literally like, where the fuck did the time go? Right. Yeah, like, where did it go? And I'm going to go to bed and then come back to it tomorrow, but where did it go? For me especially, like, getting ready for an art show. Yeah. Holding down a full, like, a full day job mm -hmm. and you only have X amount of hours at night to work on it. Yeah. And you have a gallery show and you promise these people the X amount of work. Yeah. Never once did I feel the need to say... Oh, I've been grinding so hard, man. Yeah. I think you know, like it was all part of the, it was all part of the process. It was all part of the part of the journey. Yeah. And I think when you when you hang your hat on, I haven't slept for nine days, man. I'm I'm grinding on this. Yeah. I'm doing this. It, it cheapens it or it mm -hmm. bastardizes it somehow. Yeah, I I think it's so a, too. It's it's all part of the journey, man, and we all choose it. Yeah. If you choose not to sleep for nine days. That's that's on you. Good on you, yeah. man. Good on you. Yeah. Way to go. But when you choose to be the guy that's out talking about you haven't slept for nine days, like, that's weird to me. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry, man. I'm going off on weird. No, no. It here. makes sense though. Like, why talk about like if you don't, if you're doing something, right, or making something, and it takes you longer than, like, with skateboarding, with music, with everything that I've done, it takes me. It it doesn't take me twenty minutes. You know, oh, it takes me fucking forever. For sure, like. man. But I'm not counting how long it takes. It just, like I said, it seems like it takes forever. But then I eventually get it done, and I'm not like, yo, I spent X amount of days, weeks, trying to get this trick or trying to get this song. Dude, skating skating is the main one. Yeah. Like, I've never once met a skater who has ever bragged about Dude, it took me fucking 57 tries and yeah. I finally nailed it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, They're always just like, I did dude, it. Dude, nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that, to me, that's the truest thing. Yeah. Like, I wait. Like, when you're, when you're in third grade. Yeah. And that summer you grow like nine inches. Yeah. Nine in, that's an exaggeration. It was yeah. six inches. But yeah. my skating days were done. Like, I yeah. was awkward, like, trying yeah. to get into my body. In third grade, I was a bitchin' skater, dude. Yeah. But after that, I it just my body yeah. couldn't catch up. You know what I mean? Right. So guys that skate now and like fucking nail it, like 
I wanted to be that guy more than a, more than dunk a basketball, more yeah. than win games, more than like do that shit. I wanted to be the guy that fucking could nail cool skate tricks. Yeah, wasn't in, wasn't in the cards for me. Right. But all the skaters I've ever met through my whole life, no matter what level they were. Yeah. The vibe, the energy, or the the, the the trueness of it. Yeah. I'll eat shit fucking a thousand times. Ooh. I'll break my fucking bones to nail this trick. And when I nail it, and this is back before GoPros and yeah. videos and all that shit. Yeah. It was, I nailed that trick. Mm-hmm. It was only me and my boy that saw it, but I fucking nailed it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's, yeah. That to me, that's some true shit. That's also another thing that goes along with the art that you're saying, where it's like you got to make it or you don't. You got. Not, I mean, like that sounds a little dramatic, like. You have to make the piece or else. You know, that sounds kind of dramatic. But right, the same right. thing with skateboarding. It's like, I got to make this trick so I could say I made it or I'm just going to keep eating shit and not feel good. You know, it's like... Dude, and the parallel is totally there. Like, working on a painting where there's a lot of paintings where in my head they look one way mm-hmm. and the first try they look the same way. Yeah. It's fucking great. There's other paintings that fight me the whole time. Yeah. And, I, and no matter how hard I push and I prod and I try to make it, cram it in, like, it's got to look make this it, way. Yeah. It's never there. Right. I set that shit down, walk away from it, come back a couple months later, mm-hmm. and then I make it look the way I want it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's You take your time with it, but you don't talk about the time you took with it. You talk about the... F- yo, man, yo, man, I didn't sleep for three months. I yeah. this like, no, that's not a thing. You're you know? like, here, like, check this out. <laughs> right? You know, like, that's the cooler thing, I think. The, um, even though the, the process is obviously fun because you're not thinking about it that way. But I think the process, when it's not fun, is when you're like, yo, I stayed up for X amount of days, X amount of weeks. Right. When you hate the process, you're talking about how long it took you. But when you love the process... You literally love the process. You stay in the moment. And when the thing is done, you're proud of the thing you made. No, it's, it's right? Weird, it's like, yeah, it's great, man. It's, it's a weird fucking thing. But yeah. And I, just, I just feel very lucky to be a part of that conversation. Yeah. That, I mean, dude, it, I'm so glad we came in here. And dude, you made my night. Like, this is made great. made my fucking night, dude. <laughs> uh, I was going to, again, like, we're... I, I would say this is the end right now because I didn't want to end before because we were talking about some cool stuff. All right. But we are, you already said be happy. It's the journey. All of these really cool things. But if there's anything else you want to say to the people, anything else. Oh, wow. I got, I got red light fever now, man. I, I don't really know. <laughs> um, shit. You said a lot. So if you don't say anything now, I'll just tell everybody to re-listen to this episode you know what I mean because you've said a lot of stuff where I was like even while we were talking I was like damn I can't ask him the last question yeah because I, I, I he's been answering say is just don't be a dick man <laughs> like live your life have fun don't be, be a dick <laughs> perfect dude hold on let me hit this stop real quick And that was the episode. Thank you so much to Jesse. Thank you so much for letting us hang out after hours and, ha- and record this episode. Thanks for letting us just, you know, chill out, have a nice evening, especially after the day we had. Thank you so much. And thanks for sharing your experiences with a creative process. 
with art. It was really cool to listen, to just sit there and listen to your story. It was a lot of fun. I'm very glad that we met, and I hope we get to see each other again soon. Hopefully, if you're in New York or if I go back to Colorado. I want to thank also everybody who listened. I know this was a long one. It's two hours. Good on you. I know everybody's like, hey, man, just do like six-hour episodes. I know you guys want that, and this is close. Maybe one day I'll record a six-hour conversation, and then you guys will just sit through it and deal with the awkward pauses like I do in real life. And that'll be fun. That'll be a good time. If that's something you want to hear, you can let me know by giving me a five-star review on iTunes. Just say, hey, man, this is really good. I would give it six stars if it were possible. But I just want it to be a six-hour episode of Paul just talking to nobody or all of his friends all at once. And I just want it to be a cacophony of noises and voices so I get confused while I drive to Knoxville, Tennessee. Maybe that's something you want to write. And if it is, maybe I'll like it enough and I'll take you out for a cup of coffee. I said that as a joke last week. But if you were listening to that part and you really want to get a cup of coffee, get at me. And there are a couple ways you can. There are a couple ways you can get at me. If you want to get at me through the podcast, on the social media, you can do so on Facebook at facebook.com slash friend. Or if pictures are more your thing, you can check it out on Instagram at friend. Or if you just want to talk to me personally and see some tidbits about my personal life, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at notpaulmasbad. That's M-A-S-B-A-D. Yes, yes, that's really me. Anyway, I, I've, I've been having so much fun these past couple weeks. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know I said that twice, but I really mean it. I've been having a lot of fun. It's just, this has been great, and all of you are great. So anyway, until next time, when I realize that the road to WrestleMania is paved in bad intentions and mistakes and silliness all around, I've been Paul Masbad. And next week on Dear Stranger and Friend. Dressing a certain way to, like, convey a certain message in a lot of cases. Like, I'll dress like a rock and roller so then someone, like, Mm. thinks I'm probably cool so that I can carry myself. And not because I think that way, but it's, like, that way when I start a conversation with somebody, I can kind of assume where they're going to be coming from. episode of Dear Stranger and Friend would not be possible without the help from our very own karaoke machine, Max Joel. Intro music by the band DA Dad. You can find more of their music at dadad.bandcamp.com. This outro theme was provided by Easy Tigress, and you can find more of his songs at easytigress.bandcamp.com.